Discourse 18, 20th of July, 2001. Expansion and contraction, it's like breathing. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. I once heard Shah Abdul Qadr narrate an experience that he had had in Morocco while he was a murid of Shah Muhammad ibn al-Habib. This experience centered on the theme of glorifying Allah and giving praise to Him. Alhamdulillah. He said that he was sitting in the zawiyah of Shah Muhammad ibn al-Habib with a group of fuqara when he got news of some good fortune which had befallen him and he was so delighted that he said, Alhamdulillah. One of the older fuqara in the circle looked at him completely shocked as if he had said something rude. He held Shah Abdul Qadr's hand and said very deliberately, articulating very slowly, Yes, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. This disturbed Shah Abdul Qadr because he didn't know what the man meant. Sometime later, they were sitting in a circle again when the same faqir received news that all three of his sons had just been killed in a car crash. The man sat back, closed his eyes and just said, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. And that was all anybody could get out of the man for the rest of the evening. Alhamdulillah. Then Shaykh Abdul Qadr realized what this man had been trying to tell him. To flippantly say Alhamdulillah when things are going well is to be stupid, vain, shallow and frivolous. Because unless you are prepared to praise Allah by His names of majesty, you have not got the right to praise Him by His names of beauty. We are very quick to say Alhamdulillah when things go well to our reckoning. We forget, however, to say Alhamdulillah when they go badly and not to our reckoning. We seek to get out of constrictions as soon as possible. We do not realize that those times are in fact our best times and that the times where we think that things are going very well, these are actually the times when we are in danger. The way of Allah is expansion and contraction. There is a summer and there is a winter. There is ebb and there is flow. There is rest and then there is activity. To praise Allah just when things are exciting, when there is activity and expansion, and to get depressed when there is contraction, is not recognizing Allah's way. It also doubts Allah. It doubts Allah's promise. His promise to us is that whatever He gives us is for our own benefit. His promise to us is that if you are on the right path and if you are sincere, then whatever He takes away from you, He takes for you for one reason only – and that is so that it can give, it, give back to you that which is better. You cannot have the higher if you still hold on to the lower. So every time we are in loss or constriction, we should say, Alhamdulillah, in good faith that Allah is using this as an opportunity to grant us something more. Sheikh Ali al-Jamal says that the meaning of a thing is hidden in its opposite. This means that when you expand outwardly, you are actually inwardly contracted and restricted. When you are constricted outwardly, you are confined, or Allah's names of majesty are being visited on you outwardly, you have inner expansion. If you are in the hurly-burly of the successful trade in the marketplace, you do not remember that there is in this infinity. You forget the sea of bliss behind your eyes, which you have instant access to because of the excitement of being in the hurly-burly is just too enchanting. This means that we need to have our access to the hurly-burly constricted. To constrict the excitement of outer success, we need it to be contained so that an inner depth can develop. Sheikh Ali al-Jamal says that if you are outwardly gathered, you will be inwardly separate. If your attention is trapped in the world, then you will be alien to your own nature. You do not know who you are. If you are inwardly gathered, you will be outwardly separate. This means that if you have befriended your own nature, if you are gathered to your inner core, the other has no hold over you, you are separate from the other. 
The other can ebb and flow, and it is all Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. You do not get stupid and superficial about your assessment of success and failure. You develop as the path continues with the curiosity of a child, knowing that every day there will be something else which is going to be amazing. That something else is going to be amazing can only be announced to you and can only become apparent to you if you are looking at life with an unjaundiced eye, with an eye that is not trying to fulfill the self's expectation of life. Your expectations are only value judgments concerned with rule of thumb assessments that judge this is good and that is bad. This is positive and that is negative. This is praiseworthy and that is blameworthy. Who is to say? Who is to say what is praiseworthy and what is blameworthy? Out of the excrement there comes lettuce. Out of lettuce there comes excrement. Alhamdulillah. We are so quick to judge and walk around as if we are the one and only judge, jury and executioner of existence, as if existence depends on us to denote its significance and importance. By doing this, all we are doing is looking into the filters of our own presumption. We are not seeing existence as it really is. If we saw existence as it really was, we would not demean anything. We would see that everything has its place and that everything comes from Allah. We would treat everything with a proper courtesy. You would treat the fertilizer with courtesy because treating it with courtesy means that you recognize that from fertilizer comes your food. This propensity to judge to get caught up in our inner noise of weighing up, evaluating and valuing everything is the greatest stumbling block on the path. Your propensity to judge is also an aspect of shirk. It is about wanting to manage the outcome of affairs. Managing the outcome of affairs depends on things being judged as helpful or harmful to your agenda. This means that you reduce things to your own presumption about their merit. I will give you an example of this. Let us say you have had three bad experiences with the Lebanese people in your life. They all cheated you. The fourth Lebanese that you meet is actually quite a sensible fellow and he doesn't want to cheat you. However, you buy something from him and when he gives you your change, he has shortchanged you. Now, the man had made a genuine mistake, but because you presume that all Lebanese people are cheats, that means that this man has just confirmed your presumption of Lebanese people. You are likely to treat the fifth Lebanese that you meet as a thief. He sees your distrustful behavior due to the fourth man, and he assumes that you must have something to hide. He experiences you as potentially dangerous, so he starts to respond to you in a suspicious way, which again just confirms your belief that he is a thief. We set up the world around us on the basis of our presumptions. In the meantime, only three of the Lebanese people are bad, and it happened to be the first three which you met. The rest of the Lebanese people were perfectly wonderful. In fact, the other three who were particularly bad just happened to be bad at that time when you met them. You see, you haven't lived very long if you don't recognize that a person is not the same creature when he goes to bed at night than what he was when he got up in the morning. For example, in the morning, this person, well, he's just not a morning person. In the morning, he's grouchy and irritable. So you meet him in the morning and you think, what an awful person this is. If you had met the same person at night, you would have said, what a wonderful person this is. Somebody else might be exactly the opposite. The man is a morning person, and when you meet him in the morning, he is all sunshine, and you think, what a wonderful man. You meet the same man in the afternoon, and you probably think that he's a monster. You cannot say that a person is such and such, or he's like this, or he's like that. You haven't lived very long if you think, you haven't lived very long if you think that. You're not being truthful with your own experience of life. All people can and do change. 
Their existence changes, and it changes moment by moment in the most breathtaking ways. We do not recognize and allow the change because we keep on assuming we think that we know it all. The reason why we have been created is so that we can discover that we actually know nothing. So that we can discover that whatever our knowledge of existence is, it's in fact very faulty. Knowledge belongs only to Allah, not to you. If you think that you know, then you really do not know at all. You, only, you have only made a judgment of a thing, it is like this and it is like that. The only thing you have demonstrated is your own stupidity. Allah is the only one who knows. His knowledge is the knowledge of ambivalence, of opposites, of the subtle, and of that which we cannot define. He is the one who brings life from death. He is the one who brings death from life. You can look at a corpse. This thing is thoroughly dead. It is rotting, and Allah will bring life out of that. You can look at a man walking down the road today. He is healthy, and he's perfectly fine. You wonder how it is possible that this man can die and become smelly and rotten. Tonight a spider bites him in his bed, and tomorrow morning he's dead. How on earth is that possible? Because today the man is dead, does that mean he was not alive yesterday? So this is the significance of what Sheikh Fadallah said to me a couple of months ago when he said, treat absolutely everything on face value, believe everything and believe nothing. This means that you cannot judge anything. Allow the world to surprise you, because when you do, the world does surprise you. When you open yourself to the possibilities, Allah demonstrates just how in charge He really is. He will demonstrate to you just how surprising He really is and how amazing His way really is. Allah has created the whole of existence as a theater so that He can show you surprise upon surprise, wonder upon wonder. It is as if He says to us, Now what do you think of this, and this, and this? And the only reason you exist is for that all. You have no other purpose. You have no purpose other than to praise Allah and to bear witness that He is indeed the most praiseworthy, the most high. How can you praise Allah if you keep on being judgmental about his theater? The whole sweep of existence and all the people who come and go in and out of our lives, the only reason why it happens is so that we can see how amazing Allah really is. When you keep on disapproving of his theater by which he presents his show to you, you have to be displaying an attribute of the most breathtaking arrogance. So when somebody comes to you and says, you see that this is a cheating Lebanese, then say, Alhamdulillah. Because from him might come a flower. From the fertilizer comes the beauty. From Allah only extraordinary things come, and all things come from him. Allow it to come. Do not try to freeze it with your own presumptions, whereas they say in Afrikaans, In other words, he has been made like that and he's been left like that. Nothing is like that. You are not like that. Are you the same person who you were 20 years ago? Of course not. Not even the atomic material in your body is still the same. Your entire physical structure gets replaced within a very short period of time. You're not even physically the same being. The atoms that were inside the form of your body 18 months ago are no longer the same. So who's to say that you are such and such and that you are so and so? The more you can understand this about existence, the more you will understand this about yourself. This is what freedom really means. Freedom really means that you are not presumptuous about your own nature. Freedom means that you recognize that you have the whole of existence within you, from the worst to the best. The understanding we have that a person has the potential to become the worst devil and rise to the highest angel is not just sequentially true, it's simultaneously true. In any given moment, you can actualize the angelic and the diabolical because they are both present in you. You actually have the whole menagerie of existence inside you. You have the whole thing. 
You have within you a donkey, you have within you a dog, you have within you a shark, you have within you a piranha, a cockatoo, an orangutan. It is all there. You have it all within you. You have within you all of the minerals. You have within you all of the vegetables. You are, in fact, a carbon copy of the whole of existence. So when you disapprove of something in existence, you are disapproving of something within yourself. When you are limiting something in existence, you are limiting yourself. As you are with the world, so the world is with you. We know this. The person who is at war with the Lebanese has the Lebanese at war with him. Not only that, but because the Lebanese are inside him as much as outside him, he is actually at war with himself. A person who disapproves of something is actually disapproving of himself. That doesn't mean to say he's an idiot who cannot and does not stop the thief when he sees the thief. He does so. He does all of these things, but he does them with a free heart. He does it without judgment. He does it without disapproval. He doesn't burden himself with the responsibility of pronouncing judgment on existence all the time. There is another beautiful Afrikaans saying which goes, In other words, don't make a place of murder inside your heart. If something affects you, or if something afflicts you, say Alhamdulillah, I know that there is blessing in this, I just cannot see it right now. How else can you deal with anything which goes wrong? You see somebody who is behaving like an absolute swine, say Alhamdulillah, I know that there is some kind of blessing, I just cannot see it right now. Maybe the blessing is that I will have the joy of giving him a clout. Alhamdulillah. You do not carry this burden of disapproval around with you all the time. You do not twist your heart. You have a heart that knows that all of this has been scripted for you and that it is all for your benefit. All the good and all the bad. Your highest benefit is that moment of surprise when you see the hand of Allah. The moment you can truly say Alhamdulillah. Irrespective of what the event is. A person who can do that is free. They are free because they have become unconditional. They've become unconditional because they've been unconditioned. Creation has no power over them. We know from Sheikh Ali al-Jamal that if you are safe from yourself, then you are safe from existence. If you are at war with yourself, then you are at war with existence. This is, it is exactly the same theme as disapprove of the world and you are disapproving of yourself. This is how people become sick. This is how people get cancer. This is how people die. All the twistedness, it is all because they think they know better than life. All the twistedness, it is all because they think they know better than life. They want to dominate life. They want to control life. Unfortunately, they are picking an opponent which is somewhat bigger than them. Allah will take them on in terms of the subtlest dynamics of their being. Allah will destroy them with those dynamics. We make plans and he makes plans and he's the best of planners. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. May Allah grant us success in the path. May Allah grant us nearness to Him. May Allah grant us annihilation in Him. May Allah grant us death before we die. Alhamdulillah.